It's time for From the Short Grass with Trey Shap, a golf podcast for those who love golf, struggle with golf, and just like to enjoy the outdoors and fellowship with friends, all while chasing a ball around trying to put it in a four and a quarter inch diameter hole. From the Short Grass is brought to you by Stevens Incorporated, an independent financial services firm with the freedom to focus on what matters most. Blackman Auctions. For over 80 years, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. We partner with you to deliver high-yield results by managing, developing, and investing in top-quality hospitality assets. And now, from the short grass, here is your host, Trey Schaap. Welcome to another edition of From the Short Grass. I am your host, Trey Schaap. TPC Sawgrass this week, the Players' Championship, the PGA Tour's flagship event, 144 of its best players competing for a record $25 million purse. The winner, get this, is going to take home $4.5 million. Now, Tiger Woods is not playing this week, but 43 of the top 50 in the official World Golf Rankings will be playing, or basically all that are eligible for the event because there are some that have left for the live golf and they are not able to play. And that includes defending champion Cam Smith along with Enribon Lahiri and Paul Casey. They finished in the top three last year, but they will not be there this year. There will be a new champion. Past champions competing this week include Justin Thomas, Roy McIlroy, Ricky Fowler, and Jason Day. It should be an exciting tournament, and we all know what TPC Sawgrass can be up to at times, specifically when you get to 16, 17, and 18 with the island green on the 17th and whether the wind is in your face, downwind, a side wind, it can create havoc on your mind game and your golf shots. Coming up on this edition of From the Short Grass, back out when I took my trip to Scottsdale to speak with Bryce Mulder, I also had a chance to travel to Mesa, Arizona. I went to watch a little bit of spring training of my Chicago Cubs, and lo and behold, Taylor McGregor was out there, and so I had an opportunity to sit down with her and talk golf and Cubs baseball as well. I think you're going to enjoy this interview with Taylor McGregor. She is one of the best and a rising star in her field. Blackman Auctions. Since 1938, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Thomas Blackman, the gang at Blackman Auctions, they know auctions. If you want to find an outstanding upcoming auction, go to their website, blackmanauctions.com. We're back with more from the short grass after this. Stay with us. At Stevens, our philosophy is to invest every dollar as if it were our own. To seize opportunity. To anticipate rather than react. To deliver constant focus in an ever-changing world. And to pursue the objectives of our clients in order to help them reach their financial goals. A proven history of helping companies and individuals. Stevens, member NYSE SIPC. 
This is Thomas Blackman with Blackman Auctions. You all know by now I'm not a good golfer, but my son loves the game and he and I have been playing more. I've got my score down to uh, I've quit playing a scramble on every hole. I'm using the bunker rake much less than I used to, and a lot of the time I hit my drives past the women's tee box. All of my success in golf can directly be tied to me listening to From the Short Grass. Without it, I would not be the golfer I am today. Trey, you owe me 20 bucks for that. Trey knows golf. I know auctions. Come see us at BlackmanAuctions.com. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. Heading to El Dorado to check out some live music or to play Mystic Creek? Stay at the Haywood, the only boutique hotel in the middle of downtown and the Murphy Arts District. If you are spending a weekend in Hot Springs, make plans now at the Marriott Courtyard close to Lake Hamilton and Oakwan. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotel Group manages both of these fine properties and you will rest easy knowing that your every need is taken care of. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels on the web at bphotels.com. Welcome back to this edition of From the Short Grass. I am your host, Trey Schapp. Taylor McGregor is a sideline reporter for ESPN. She works college football and the XFL games, and she's also a part of the Marquee Network, which covers the Chicago Cubs. Being a Cubs fan, it's only fitting that I was able to sit down with Taylor McGregor for this edition of From the Short Grass. On the tee. Taylor McGregor. Taylor McGregor, thanks for joining me on From the Short Grass. Wow, you have really hit it big. Have you not? I don't think so, but I appreciate you saying that. You know, it's interesting. I think everything's relative, right? I mean, if you would have told me in college that I would be covering college football and now the XFL for ESPN and and doing the Cubs, I would have said, oh my gosh, I have made it. And then you get here and you're always wanting to do more. So there is a moment where I, I have to sit back and say, wow, I'm, I'm thankful for the jobs that I have and, and where I'm at in my career. But I certainly just have such bigger and better goals to achieve still. And so I, I don't know if I feel like I've hit it big yet, um, but hopefully, you know, I'll look back at the end of my career and be proud of myself. But it's kind of hard to get there sometimes. Do you ever feel like that for yes, you? Yes, yes. I get what you're saying, but... I mean, come on, Chicago Cubs, Marquee <laughs> Network, me being a Cub fan, it's ironic that I have you on here. Well, I appreciate that. And you know what? I you know I really am so thankful. And it is a, it's a phenomenal market to be in. It's a phenomenal team to cover. And I say that from the bottom up, from everybody who I get to encounter every single day. It's first class. And that's been so much fun. And, and then to get to call Wrigley Field your office, that's, that is pretty fun. Doesn't get much better than that, does, does it? Does not get much better than that. I, can, I actually can guarantee that we're going to talk a little bit of Cubs in a little bit we'll talk XFL as well in college football but golf when did you first pick up the game of golf I was thinking about it I'm pretty sure it was around first grade my family always belonged to country clubs growing up and so our summer activities were always at the at the country club I was a big swimmer that was sort of my my main focus in the summer but my parents always forced us to golf because they said it was a good lifelong sport now I don't know if you played any junior golf growing up but one of the requirements was having to walk the full (laughs) nine or 18 eventually and that was the part I didn't like and it's funny because I look back and I always enjoyed when our moms could come or our dads could come and they would drive us on on the golf cart. But the, the days when we had to walk the full 18, that was that was a challenge. Now, now today, I actually enjoy walking. I get out a little bit, not as much as I would like, but I actually enjoy walking around the golf course because it kind of makes it a, a physical activity and, and I feel like I get a workout out of it. So yeah, it's funny how the tables turn. I think that is interesting because I'm kind of like you. I mean, growing up in Little Rock and I would go down, my mom would drop me and my brother off at Rebsman Golf Course 
on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and it was War Memorial Park on Mondays and Wednesdays, and then we'd go home, and I'd watch Cubs baseball because of WGN because they didn't have lights in Wrigley Field. That tells you kind of my age. (laughs) But also the fact that, you know, then I was walking a lot, and it was hot, and it was humid, and I would beg to just say, hey, can someone just take me on a cart today? And I could imagine you, I mean, being at altitude in Denver where you grew up, that, yeah, I mean, it gets hot there, too, wanting to ride. I mean, that was a luxury. Well, it, it was funny because, you know, tee times are so early, and especially in the summer, I believe it was Wednesdays were always junior golf at the country club. And so we would have to be there at, like, 6 a.m., which in the summertime, 6 a.m., well, 6 a.m. is early any time of the year, but in the summertime as a kid – you know, that was that was the biggest part. So it wasn't necessarily hot for us yet, but I was just so tired. I'm like, this is what I'm choosing to do at 6 a.m. So, uh, but no, I, I'm really thankful that my parents put me in golf early and I'm by far, I'm by no means good, but I can <laughs> hold my own. And yeah. and when people invite me, I do enjoy going and I'm, I'm grateful to my parents for signing me up for a lifelong sport because it's, it, it's a super fun sport to be a part of. And I, I always tell people, I kind of get spoiled because I feel like my golf game is always on vacations and people are like, oh, you want to go to this really nice nice golf course in, in this city or that city? And so I get spoiled with some of the golf courses I get to play at. Yeah, and I'm sure in what you do now that you get asked a lot to go play. I mean, you're a celebrity. They want you to come <laughs> play with you. I not a celebrity. You. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. I did actually play in a golf tournament where, you know, they say you're quote-unquote it's a celebrity golf tournament and I was somebody's pairing and I think they were really disappointed you know because it was not one of the players or <laughs> I was like I am sorry I did not call myself a celebrity I don't know why they asked me but um you know we had a good time so that was all that mattered <laughs> what do you normally shoot and how often do you get to play I mean because you're working basically year round we were talking about that earlier before we sat down to talk about this of your job I mean it's like 24 7 365 almost yeah you know i, I it depends. I go through different phases and seasons where I, I play a lot, um, and then I, I haven't picked up a club. Well, that's a lie. I went on Friday. <laughs> prior to that, <laughs> prior to that, I had not played in you know probably four or five months. So it it really just depends. It's up and down. And again, I go when somebody else asks me. I'm not super proactive and kind of going on my own. So it, it really just depends on if if my friends are wanting to hang out with me or not. <laughs> Just kind of how it goes. But, yeah, I would say, I mean, just like everybody else in this summer, I golf a, a lot more than obviously in the wintertime. And obviously spring training in Mesa, Arizona, there there's a plethora of golf courses around here. You could find one somewhere. Yeah, my mom lives up on D.C. Ranch in North Scottsdale, and that's a beautiful course. And she lives right on the course, so... Yeah, we, we get out there quite a bit, and it's uh, it's not bad, that's for sure. And then what about Chicago? I mean, you've had Medina host a Ryder Cup. You've got Olympia Fields that's there. I was fortunate enough. Last year I got to play Beverly Country Club, oh, which is in nice. Chicago as well. Yeah. And uh, Chicago Golf Club, that's one of the toughest to get on, I hear, maybe. Yeah. Taylor McGregor could get on there sometime. You know, I have never gotten on there. I play usually the municipal courses <laughs> down the street in Chicago because uh, oftentimes it, it's tough in Chicago because when when the Cubs are home during the summer, we play day games a lot, and yes. so. I actually really don't golf a ton in Chicago just because of the schedule. It doesn't really lend itself to being able to play there. But um, I've gotten around to some some golf courses, none that are, you know, to ride home about. But 
it's just always fun to be out and and drinking a couple beers with some friends anytime, anywhere in the summer. Now, when you travel with the team, do you see some of the players take their clubs and then they'll go play maybe if there's an off day, if you're on an extended road trip or something? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I've taken my clubs out uh, on the road before after people convinced me, hey, we want you to come play with us. So that's a ton of fun. There's certainly a lot of really good golfers. Ian Happ is is kind of who everybody points to and said he's the guy to beat. And, and a lot of people said if, if he wasn't playing baseball and he really put his mind to golfing, he probably could have been a professional golfer. So I've never golfed with him. I can't confirm that, but that's what a lot of people have told me. I have, an, I have a, uh, an assignment for you. Okay. Kyle Hendricks. I understand that he is an excellent golfer, but they can't get him out to play that much. Like Happer can't get him to go play with them. But yeah. when he does – he goes out there and he beats the brakes off of them. So you have to find out the story of why will Kyle Hendricks not go play golf with his teammates? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But, um, you know, Kyle's super locked in, so maybe it just has a little bit to do with his routine. A lot of baseball players are so, so routine-oriented. Yeah. It's it's funny. Uh, they, it's hard to get him kind of outside of that. So, I'll yeah, that's my next duty. I'll f- figure it out for you. You were born in Fayetteville but then grew up in Denver and then came back to the University of Arkansas. Why? I always wanted to go to the South. I wanted big-time SEC football. I wanted the sorority experience. And because of the connection at Arkansas, it always made sense. So when I was kind of getting down to the nitty-gritty of deciding where I wanted to go to college, I went to an Arkansas game my senior year, and that was when Bobby Petrino was the head coach. The Hogs were on a roll. It was a packed-out crowd at, at Donnie W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium, and I was like, how could I go anywhere else? So it was a, it was a combination of just wanting to – be where sports mattered because I knew this is the job that I wanted to do. And once I went back to Arkansas, we still had family friends down there. It just all made sense, mm-hmm. and it's it was awesome. What was it like getting to work the AutoZone Liberty Bowl this year with your your Razorbacks playing in it? And, I mean, that game full of emotions against Kansas, got the big lead, Kansas comes back, ties it, it goes into overtime, it goes to another overtime, and – Uh, I'm sure that was tough for you to kind of just try and stay level head just a little bit. Well, I was trying to stay level head because I knew if the Hogs lost that, I am just a freak when it comes to superstition. So I'm like, everybody's going to blame me if the Hogs lose, even though for me, I'm neutral. And really, as a broadcaster, we don't have rooting biases, but I root for a good game every single time because it makes our job more enjoyable viewership goes up all the things and so the hogs had jumped out to that early lead and I'm not gonna lie I was kind of bummed I'm like well it's super fun to get to cover the hogs but kind of wish it would have been a better game and then of course it ended up being a phenomenal game and it was just it was super cool for me a full circle moment and just kind of you know we talked about this at the top of the show of like, oh, you've made it. And and I certainly do not feel like I've made it at all. But that was one of those like, okay, it's time for me to step back and say, wow, I can't believe I've gotten here because I used to be a student who would run cables on the sidelines of those games, dreaming for an opportunity to be a sideline reporter for a Razorback football game. And then when that happened, it was a full circle moment for me. And then just the fact that it was such an incredible game, I couldn't have asked for a better experience. I mean, you worked your way up. I mean, you're talking about pulling cables. I mean, that's grunt work over and under. I mean, I get it. I know it. And But you have put in the time to get to where you are. 
Favorite college football game you've ever covered? Oh, ever covered? Um, with ESPN? Yeah. Um, the, I mean, one that just jumps off to me right away. I had the Texas A&M upset. App State beat them in College Station, and, and A&M was the number six team in the country at the time. So moments like that, I think, were really big. One of the first games I ever did with ESPN was a Boise State BYU game, and Boise State was ranked number sixteen, undefeated in the country at the time, and and they went into Provo and BYU knocked them off and, you know, students rushed the field. That was phenomenal. I'm going down a list here. I know you asked for one, but the last one I'll say is I I did the Florida-Florida State game this year, which was primetime ABC, was the, you know, Friday after Thanksgiving and monster rating, and it, it felt like, oh, my gosh, this is college football. Like, it was a packed-out house at Dope Campbell and an enormous rivalry, one that even if you're not a Florida or Florida State fan, you tune in and watch that game because of the rivalry and, and just the history there. And for so long, that game really determined who was going to go on and play in the national championship in the 90s. Um, so I, I think those three sort of jump off, off the page to me, but really every single time I am on a college football field, I just think, Gosh, this is the best. Isn't it, it's though? so much fun. So much fun. And now you're going to be doing XFL with ESPN. How did that come about? Yeah, I'm super excited for that. We knew that ESPN was getting the rights to the XFL last summer. And so I had mentioned it to my bosses. Hey, I would love to be a part of it. I didn't know if it was going to be a possibility because of my baseball responsibilities. Um, and then it kind of came down to it. And I was talking to my bosses from both sides and said, Hey, you know, this is what it's going to take from your end. This is what it's going to take from your end. Could we make this work? And everybody agreed upon it. So I was super excited. And, and it's going to be such a fantastic showcase for the league because of the access. And that's what I'm the most excited about is being able to be right there in the action and ask a coach, hey, in the moment, why did you make that call? And interviewing players right after they score a touchdown, it's going to be different. And I think the, the, the viewership experience is going to you know, surprise a lot of people because it is going to be so different, and I just couldn't be more excited. So what would a typical week be like for you when you're doing Major League Baseball with the Cubs and Marquee and XFL with ESPN? It's not a lot of sleep, I'll tell you that. That's probably the best way to describe right. it. So usually with, with college football or XFL, we'll, we'll get our assignments on Sunday for the following Saturday. And so Sunday I get our, uh, my assignment, and that's when I just start the basis of the research because usually on a Sunday you play a day game in um, in baseball. So we're probably traveling on a plane. I get a lot of work done on a plane. Um, or, I, or I'm just home enjoying a, a Sunday off. So I try to do a lot of you know, kind of prep for the week then. And I send out emails to SIDs and try to just get my schedule set because the toughest part for me balancing both of them is scheduling Zoom calls, scheduling interviews with players because I talk to, you know, eight players throughout the week um, and just making sure that those don't overlap with my baseball priorities and responsibilities is um, is the biggest challenge. So Sunday is kind of prep work and then all throughout the week – have a baseball game every single day and I usually you know on a night game get to the ballpark around two to three and then there obviously till till 11 
So baseball is kind of the focus when I'm at the park. And then in the mornings, I, I do a lot of college football prep, try to knock out those interviews. But I would be lying if they said there weren't times when I'm at the ballpark and, you know, I'm on the phone with a player trying to get some some content for the game that weekend. And, and you know, everybody always asks me, how do you balance it? And I think everybody in this industry, in some sort of way, we're all nuts. We all, <laughs> we all just grind and do so much at the same time. And you just make it happen. You know, I'm never sitting there like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get this all done? I just do it. And I love doing it. And so it doesn't feel overwhelming or stressful at all to me. And sometimes it's like, okay, I know I've got a deadline, well, okay, I've procrastinated long enough. It's time to get it done. Absolutely. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel this week. I had really prioritized my off season and said, okay, you know, the month of January, I'm not going to do a lot of work. And now it's all it's all here and it's it's go time. And so now I feel like I have procrastinated a little bit and, and uh, now it's time to shift into the gear. All right, Chicago Cubs this year, how, how are they going to be? It's the million dollar question. I wish I had the answer I for you. I wish you did too. I know. I wish I just had a, you know, a little crystal ball and could tell you the future and a lot of different things. Um, but uh, look, out here at spring training, there's a lot of excitement and anticipation for this season and I haven't felt that the last couple of years because, you know, obviously 2020 was weird with COVID and then the following year at the trade deadline, everybody was traded off last year with the lockout. So it's been a weird couple years for me at Marquee when it comes to spring training mm-hmm. and just sort of the vibe around camp. So a little bit of it is just the normalcy of camp for the first time since I've been in Chicago. But I also think a lot of the offseason signings, there's a lot of excitement, new faces. I mean, Cody Bellinger, just having him in your camp. I know he struggled a little bit the last couple seasons. He's still an MVP and a rookie of the year. And Pretty recently, 2019 is when he won the NL rookie or NL MVP award. So there's a lot of a lot of excitement, and and I think the NL Central is a very winnable division. You know, the Cardinals have a really good lineup. I, I'm not sold completely yet on their rotation, and Milwaukee has a really good rotation. I'm not sold completely yet on on their lineup, and I think the Cubs have a little bit of both. Maybe not as as stellar as both of those guys in their respective you know strengths, but. I think it's a winnable division, and then with the balanced schedule, who knows? Yeah. Uh, so it, it could be one of those situations where we're looking up in September and saying, oh, my gosh, they really have a chance to compete for the Central. Um, or if, if things don't go well, it you know it could be one of those years that we say, okay, still building, still building for the future because this is by no means um, the year that they think, okay, this is time to really go for it. I think still maybe a couple years out, but um, – that the anticipation for those years coming is certainly building. All right, Jim Deshays and John Shambi, Boog. Oh, the what best. are they like? They're just the best. I mean, I they're my my work boyfriends, my big brothers, all the things. Like they're just such phenomenal people. They challenge me in my job. They make me better people. They make me laugh on and off camera and this job is so demanding time-wise in the summer and I don't get to spend a lot of time building any sort of social life so those guys are my friends and they make this job enjoyable you know when you're on the road for 10 days and you know you you just want to go out to dinner and you can ask your coworkers to go out to dinner and genuinely enjoy time with them that makes a huge difference um and just the fact that I enjoy who they are as people has just been such a blessing. And I always tell people, I'm like, they are who you see them as on camera. I mean, Boog is super smart, um, sneaky ass. We like to say, hope I can cuss on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
you just did. <laughs> and so, no, he's uh, he's just a phenomenal human being. And then, and JD has been amazing to me from day one. He's hilarious, super knowledgeable about the game. I think one of the things that stands out to me with him as an analyst is he's just really good in a variety of different roles and he can talk about a ton of different subjects and, and that's hard to find in an analyst. Being an analyst for a major league team and covering that many games is so hard um, and he just does it flawlessly and then you know Boog is so forward thinking and, and knows I think the scope of major league baseball as well if not better than anybody I've ever met and and he is so plugged in around the league and I've learned so much from that guy and he changes my perspective on things and it's been really really enjoyable to work with him to build a friendship with him but I also owe a ton in my career to him and and he's also been a huge advocate for me you know he he has a lot of relationships at ESPN and and he's been so kind to reach out to people and and put in a good word for me and I just couldn't be more thankful for a guy like that when he got named the new television voice mm-hmm. of the Chicago Cubs I was ecstatic because I, I grew up with Harry Carey but Boog Shambi, I mean, there's just something about him that just fits Chicago. Could not agree more. And I thought the same thing when they were going through that process, who who was going to be the next voice. I thought he just fit the market so well, just kind of who he is as a person, the way that he broadcasts, the way he shows up to work. We always make fun of him. Like I'm like, do you brush your hair? And he'll just rub his hands right through his hair and and be ready to go on air but I'm like that's so Chicago you know we're not like this big showy town or anything it's just like we are who we are and the fans love the team and they just love baseball and they love baseball in its purest form and and he's totally that and he fits it perfectly best golf course Taylor McGregor's ever played oh gosh um I'm blanking on the name out in Maui where the, the tour has Kapalua. been. Yeah, Kapalua. I, I Plantation course. Yep. I played there when I was in middle school. We were out there. And my and my dad, I know my dad was like, I probably shouldn't do this, but I'm going to take you here kind of because I want to play here. But like, I hope you guys know that this is not normal. And it was amazing. I still remember playing that golf course and just being like mesmerized by its beauty. Sanctuary in Colorado is really great too. And I think that one is just fun for me because it's it's my hometown, you know, Denver. And the, I would say those two, probably. My favorite in Maui, obviously, the plantation course. My favorite in Colorado is the Broadmoor. Oh, the broad East the Broadmoor course. is great. Yeah. Broadmoor is super great. Yeah, I've I've been fortunate enough to play the Broadmoor several times. And um, I just like the water slide and the golf course. And <laughs> the water slide. What, what's the, what's the, um, the B? Is it just the B where you can get, get those, like, yard beers yeah the broadmoor is fantastic it's the beehive isn't it yeah, something like something that. like that i haven't been down there in a few years now you just jog my memory i need to go back I went down there, there during covid so yeah okay I, th- I think it was closed when we were there all right fantasy foursome you and three others living or deceased that you could play around a golf with who would it be oh my gosh living or deceased kobe bryant would probably oh, be wow. one yeah that's at the top of the list oprah i, I just mesmerized by her interviewing skills well i'm gonna my my dad actually used to play golf with i think it was her boyfriend i don't think they're officially married okay but that was kind of like a claim to fame when i was younger like well my dad played golf with oprah's boyfriend okay (laughs) okay well maybe she does then (laughs) yeah i don't know she probably does it all i mean why not if if you're oprah um who else i would say my dad 
because my dad passed away in 2010 and he was one of the original people who made me fall in love with golf and Mm. made me fall in love with sport and he's just my guy so I would say probably those three that's awesome Taylor continued success thank you so happy that uh, we were able to make this work and uh, I'm gonna be in Chicago this summer well, I'll see you there. Let me know. It'll be a lot of fun. Maybe another podcast. Probably not. People probably won't want to hear from me again. But well, Maybe we get you and Boog on at the same oh, time. Oh, that's what we need to do. I've been trying to convince Boog to do a podcast with me. I think he's a little scared because that would mean much more time with me. So, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll try it. <laughs> Thanks so much, Taylor. Appreciate it. When your travels take you to Bentonville for a meeting with Walmart, a trip to Crystal Bridges, or the Walmart Amp for a concert, make sure you book your stay at one of the top Beachwood Pinnacle Hotel Group properties. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotel Group manages the Doubletree Suites, an all-suite hotel with tons of meeting space, and the Hilton Garden Inn, which has been newly remodeled rooms throughout the entire property. The best place to stay in Northwest Arkansas is a Beachwood Pinnacle Hotel Group property. Visit them on the web at bphotels.com. This is Thomas Blackman with Blackman Auctions. The economy is changing slowly but surely. The market is slowing down in a gradual slide. Not an emergency yet, the sky is not falling, but a change is coming. When times are good, auctions make buyers compete to buy at the highest market value. When the economy gets tough, auctions force buyers to make a purchase decision. Either way, auctions get the highest return for a seller and a strong deal for a buyer. With an experienced auction company, it's a simple process. Go to BlackmanAuctions.com for more information. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. Welcome back to this edition of From the Shortgrass. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels, the BP Hotel Group, Matthew Allen, Blair Allen, they know how to manage hotel properties. When you need a place to stay, make sure it's one of their properties. You can do that by going to their website, bphotels.com. That's it for this edition of From the Shortgrass. I hope you enjoyed my sit-down interview with Taylor McGregor. I sure enjoyed spending time with her, and thanks to her for taking time out of her busy day there in Mesa, Arizona. Remember, when you find your ball mark on on the green fix it and a couple of more and i'll see you soon from the short grass you've been listening to from the short grass a weekly podcast dedicated to the game of golf this has been a presentation of the buzz radio network